Welcome to FMH InsureCast, a podcast created by Farmers Mutual Hale, designed to deliver expertise and insights from trusted FMH team members and industry experts. Each new episode will dive into new products, industry updates, and innovative solutions. Let's get to today's topic. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FMH InsureCast. It's Ryan Bennis here, back with you for an episode covering one of my favorite topics, which is how farmers can benefit from supplemental crop insurance products to build a risk management plan that will thoroughly protect them financially. Now, coming off a year where we saw harvest price drop, these products are more relevant than ever. So we'll run through what they are, how they work, and how agents and farmers can work together to combine them for the best customized coverage that they can get. Uh, We're gonna focus on SEO and ECO today, and then throw in some of our exclusive pricing products, which would be uh, what we call our band products like Ramp and then SEO Plus and ECO Plus. And uh, here to navigate all that with me today is one of my favorite guests to have on the show, Ken Ripley. So Ken is back with me. Ken, uh, you haven't been on the show in a little bit, so reintroduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, it is great to be back uh, again. Yeah, Ken Ripley. I'm a regional sales manager for the Northwest region for Farmers Mutual Hail. Um, great to be back. Had some time off here getting harvest out. So we, uh, uh, crops were good considering the least amount of rain we got. So I'm excited. Uh, didn't set any records on my farm. I missed that by a few miles. Uh, actually seven miles away, guys were setting farm records. So I, okay. I had, I had a good crop with the, the least amount of rain we got. So I'm pretty feeling pretty fortunate because not too far the other way, not good crops. I just figured you didn't want to tell me you got record yields in case you were going to get an RMA audit or something like no, that. No, 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 no worries about, uh, about that. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So let's, let's set the table where we're at right now. Okay. We're talking about risk management and we're here at the end of December in 2023, looking forward to 2024. And as you've seen in the market skin, uh, they haven't treated us very well recently. Markets have continued to, to fall a little bit. And when we're looking at new crop corn, we're around five bucks, a little bit more than five bucks. Um, input costs, good news, have come down a little bit. Uh, but margins are going to be tighter in 24. Would you yeah. agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's been really disappointing to see the tail off, especially if you're like me sitting on some old crop and wishing you had done a better job of marketing. Um, but you know, we got to be farmers have to be the eternal optimist, but it's it's nice to have a some good insurance underneath you to protect uh, protect those tighter margins, so there is some margin there. Right, and so in twenty two and twenty three, I think it, you could probably say if you're willing to spend a little extra premium, you could easily cover your input costs, say with a eighty or eighty five percent level policy. And uh, even in some places, less lower levels than that, because our, our commodity prices were high enough that we could, uh, we could purchase enough coverage to cover those input costs. As we're looking at 24, just simply buying an 80% level policy might get us to break even. It might even be less than that. And there's probably more potential, more of a financial need to look at some of these buy-up plans that are higher than 80 or 85. Would, would you tend to agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, inputs like on my farm, your peas and K's uh, and your nitrogens, they did drop for the most part. Uh, I know some of the fall prices ran up a little bit back up on nitrogen, 
uh, corn seed, um, bean seed was up from last year. And at least in our area, rents did not go down. So I think uh, you're 100% right on with what you're, what you're saying. And so those coverage levels, the opportunity to drop a level is probably not something if you're, unless you're willing to self-insure more of those dollars or those risks. But uh, yeah, the add-on products, the higher levels is definitely going to be a very, very hot topic for 24 from what we're seeing based on where we're sitting right now. Right. And so put simply, the, the easiest way to get more coverage is to buy up a level, right? But if you're in a position where you're already at 85, obviously you've you've run out of real estate there with your multi-parallel individual buy-ups. And there also may be regions where uh, 75% level is is more common and going up to 85 is less feasible, but there might be some other options to get some more coverage. And that's when we start to look to the SCOs and the ECOs here for both those that are at the 85 looking for more coverage and those that are at lower levels where going to 85 really isn't feasible, but they want to get some more coverage. Right. Um, and so those are the things that we're going to focus on. Uh, I don't want to leave it out, but the due date on it has passed. Another option to buy up on coverage is, is margin protection. And we've, we've covered that in the past, but really as we're looking for our spring decision in 24, those are the three options. We're looking to raise our multiple level, add SEO, add ECO, and we have some private product options as well. We'll touch on those a little bit later, but let's review ECO and SEO first because everybody knows how to buy up a level, but SEO and ECO, although we've had them around for a while, they still uh, they still are not used widely. Okay, correct, right? So let's uh, let's start there. SEO. You want to give me a, a a quick rundown of what SEO means to you? Yeah. So SEO supplemental coverage options. What that stands for? That is going to go from whatever multi-parallel level you have up to eighty-six percent. Um, one of the key things we want to talk about is it's tied to the performance of the county. So it's not how a producer per, uh, performs individually. Everybody's numbers are rolling together. So they're using crop insurance yields to determine that true yield for the county. Uh, but it is using the spring price and the fall price, just like the regular multi-pearl. The liability you get with that product is based off your own individual APHs. So if the county underperforms or the price falls down, whatever drives that loss, you're going to get paid based on your APH essentially. So uh, the other nice thing about it is you have flexibility in doing percent of price with that tool. So unlike your multi-pearl, typically you're buying, let's say a 75% level. Most of the time we don't see people playing with that price component at all, but you maybe want to add the SEO on, get yourself up to an 86% uh, uh, trigger. But if, say you're not excited about the total cost of that product, uh, you could actually do a 50% of price, for example, and cheapen that up, have a higher trigger for a little bit less cost. So lots of flexibility with that product. Yeah. And I think the the general appeal of SEO is, is this. If if I'm at 75% level or 80% level today, my cost to go to 80 or 85% is somewhat significant, right? We're probably yeah. almost doubling premium every level that we go up. Um, if I, however, I'm going say from 75 to 86 through SEO, that is a much more economical way to buy up on coverage. It's a lot yeah. cheaper than the difference in 75 to 85% in terms of uh, uh, cost per level. Yeah, and big one of the big reasons for that is that product is subsidized at 65%. 
So uh, that helps keep that cost down. And again, it is a county-based product. So it takes some of the risk off for the underwriting costs of a product like that when it's not individual uh, losses. It's a, it's a group losses, we'll call it. Right. So what we gain in terms of value because it's a higher subsidy, uh, we do lose a little bit of that coverage that goes back to our own farm. And so we are using a county uh, final yield, as you mentioned, and we also use a county expected yield as essentially like the county's APH. And uh, if you do not, as a farmer, trend well with the county, as in you don't do well when the county does well, you don't do poorly when the county does poorly, you know, maybe these county options aren't as appealing. Right. But the, the value they bring is is undeniable, just simply because of how well they're subsidized. Yeah, absolutely. Just looking at my region, I can say for South Dakota, for example, the cost to get to an 86 with SEO being 75 to the 86 band, substantially cheaper. I don't know the exact numbers off top of my head here, but it's a much more affordable option than an 85%. You know, they're almost in harder of being sold in South Dakota because the, the rate cost of an 85 is just price prohibitive, even on an enterprise unit. So um, different great options where the underlying multiple rates are high. Yep. Okay. So just a couple other quick basics on SEO and this, this applies to ECO as well. But we do have to, because it's a county-based plan, we are relying on RMA to release that final counting yield. That will not happen until June of the following crop year. So when we're talking about the 24 crop year, ECO and SCO will not pay until June of 2025. So there are some drawbacks here, right? We're relying on the county to trigger. We're also waiting six, eight months after we would normally get a payment for an individual policy in order to get those county endorsement payments. But, and it is a big but, unlike your old school area plans, we don't have to give up our individual protection. So right. we're usually buying these as a supplement to what we already have guaranteed individually, right? So we've already got, say, that 75 or 80% policy. We want some extra coverage we can stand to wait for that small payment until June. It's just that if we have that big disaster, we're still covered individually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And one thing I, you know, put my farmer hat on, you know, as I try uh, travel over my region, I see a lot of grain bins. And so I guarantee on my farm, I don't have the grain bins all empty December 31st. Maybe this <laughs> year I should have. But there's a lot of times you're seeing a lot of grain coming off the farm. So you just got to think about that as your, your clean-out bushels. You're getting the top end protected as your clean-out bushels of, those, of that on-farm storage. So, you know, it is a drawback. The, the reason for it is we have to get all the data. Since we're using RMA data for the actual county yield, which is a good thing, I'd rather do that than use NAS or it's a estimate by the USDA. I'd rather have it be a hard number. So we have to get all those yields from everybody that bought a policy to truly know the true yield of the county. So um, until we move up dates for like a production reporting deadlines, those dates are kind of set until the RMA decides, hey, we're going to try to push these dates ahead by asking producers to report production sooner. So um, that's the only negative about these area plans. Yep. So one last thing on SCO. Uh, before we get a quick rundown on ECO, SCO does have the unique distinction of being tied in with our FSA programs. And for right now, we'll put a pin in that because we're going to talk about the ARC and PLC programs at the end of this episode here. 
but that is something to note that SEO can only be bought on acres where you either haven't enrolled into an FSA program or it's enrolled into the PLC program. You cannot have SEO on the same acres in which you've enrolled into the ARC County or ARC individual programs. So, okay, talk to me about ECO. How is ECO different or the same as SEO? Yeah, so a lot of the same background on the product that we've talked about, the difference is the coverage levels. So ECO, ECO stands for Enhanced Coverage Option. That is going to take us from 86 up to 90 or 86 up to 95. You have two options of what band of coverage you want to buy. 95 is by far the most popular when producers are buying because you're better off, get that 95 trigger up there. You still, like I mentioned before with SEO, you still have the ability to do a percent of price. So you, you know, we have several producers that bought it at the minimum, which is 50% of price. So they want to get a 95 trigger, lower the cost on it. Uh, Cause this one is subsidized at I believe 43%. 44. Farmer 44. pays 40. Yeah. Farmer pays 56% at the 95% yeah. level. Yep. So it's still got a decent subsidy on it. Not quite as good as the SEO, but it is a, it is a, a good, a good value when you consider it has a 95 trigger. And again, a way to kind of lower the cost on it is to, to use the percent of price option that's available um, with the RMA on this. Yep. But otherwise, ECO uses the same county yields, the same prices. You're getting paid at the same time. It does not have any tie-in with those FSA programs. So it can stand alone. And there's no, um, unlike SCO that is coverage dependent on your underlying level, ECO is a band of coverage that floats and stays on its own. So you can buy ECO from 95 down to 86, whether you're at the 85% level or if you're at 55% level, it doesn't matter. It can work the same and it costs the same. And by the way, no, neither SCO or ECO payments are offset in any way or, or downgraded by whatever loss you have on your underlying plan. That's different from margin where they actually play together. So you can totally get an individual payment without SCO or ECO triggering or vice versa. Okay. So uh, that was a less than quick overview, but hey, we like sure. talking about this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so tell me how would have, how in general, we don't, we're not to June of 24 yet, but we're thinking about the 23 crop year. In general, how do we feel like these programs perform for our corn and soybean farmers in 2023? Yeah, so I'll speak specifically to ECO. Because we had such a big price drop on corn, um, it's going to trigger very well. I mean, you're going to have to have counties that really had substantially high yields, above trend yields, um, because of the 17% price drop we had on corn. So mm -hmm. with that being a ten, you know, 9% band, um, and like I say, unless we grew out of some of that loss, I expect most of the ECO policies are going to be paying in full uh, in a lot of the country this year. So if you bought ECO, um, you're going to have a happy day in June because it's mm -hmm. going to, it's going to reward you for that purchase. Uh, SCO is going to, is really going to come into that county yield then how, because we just really getting into the SCO portion. So the, you know, the ones that are coming in at, at county yield, uh, expected county yields, probably going to have a very shallow loss or no loss. Uh, but if the county was a lower on yield, they're definitely going to see some payments with the SCO product too. So uh, I think overall, um, corn looks pretty solid for ECO for sure. SCO, we're going to have to see how the county yielded. Uh, 
switching to beans, that's going to be very similar. Beans didn't drop as far, still had, and I apologize, I forget how many, what percent we're down on beans for price. I think it was, it was around 7%. 7%. Yeah. So, yep. so it's not going to be a full payment unless we do see a yield drop in the county. Now, you know, for a lot of the majority of the, especially the Midwest being drier than normal, the bean yields were more APHs or, or a little bit less in a lot of areas. So, you know, we may have some, uh, some full payments on ECO as well. SEO though, I'm thinking it's going to have to bend the counties that got hit pretty hard on a yield standpoint to have any payment coming on the, uh, on the SEO product. Yeah, totally agree. Um, just to throw out some numbers here, I think, uh, I've ran these the other day, but if your county's expected yield on corn was 200, you're, you're, you're going to have to have yields over say 220 to not trigger an ECO payment. payment. Yeah. Right. Yep. You're going to be what have to be over 220 to not get an ECO payment. And for SCO, you'd probably have to be over, say, 203, 204, 205 bushels in order to not get an SCO payment. So we're still in a we're in a spot where average yields are going to trigger payments, uh, larger payments for ECO, very small payments for SCO. Yep. So on corn. Um Okay. ECO. Uh, let's just talk strategically though. So, so we know what these are. They're subsidized. Well, they're, they're there for somebody that needs some extra coverage. Um, I'm just going to throw out a few thoughts and you, you tell me what you think. I, I think of ECO as doing a really good job of protecting price and 23 yeah. is a very good example of that. And I, I think for somebody that doesn't, plan to do much pre-harvest marketing, or maybe they're not super confident in doing it. I think ECO is always a good option just because it protects us during the growing season before we have those bushels. And 23 is a great example. Again, we started off with prices near $6. We fell below five. And a lot of farmers didn't sell a lot of that five mm -hmm. or that $6 corn because there was a lot of uncertainty at the beginning of the year. And so we're not here to say if you're a bad marketer by ECO, but if you're just one of those folks that um, has a has had a tougher time pulling the trigger before bushels are in the bin, ECO is a great way to replace a marketing plan, uh, not entirely, but at least partially before we get to harvest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this year, like you'd mentioned, we were you know five ninety one for our spring price on corn. And we had plenty of opportunities, and I'm you know, raising my hand as a as a green a farmer here myself that screwed up. I mean, I did some good marketing, but boy, I left a lot of opportunity on the table. And uh, you know, I'm just was I was talking with Ryan here before we started, and I've kind of looked out at what USDA is predicting on prices. Um, you know, so they've got a you know, long term projection, and here for 2024. Uh, crop. So now this would be a farm market price. They're predicting four fifty. So we're sitting right now about five dollar futures. And if they're saying the let's call it the FSA programs are going to be like a four fifty price, it's going to be another down year, which is kind of disheartening for you know seven dollar corn is fun, but I guess the reality is we need to get back to where we're kind of getting to now and hopefully maintain just get all the input costs in line with these prices. But the reality is it. It, the projection is still for down prices. So these products, especially if we get a decent spring price here in the month of February for discovery, could give us that subsidized put. I mean, in, in effect, that's what we're buying with, when we're buying ECO is that subsidized put for our, for our commodities. 
definitely. And I, and I totally agree. And so, and I, and I think there's a lot of agents and insurers that look at that in the, in the same way. And obviously there's yield protection there as well. But when you're talking about just a 5% loss in order to trigger a payment in this year, we had a 17% price drop all by itself. Um, I think it's probably just as likely to have a 17% price drop as it is to have a 17% drop in yield. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're, uh, we're in a spot where it's been really hard to have a lot of yield losses across the, the core of the corn belt. And more of our protection is probably getting paid more recently based off price drops alone. Yeah, absolutely. So look into SCO. SCO obviously has price protection built into it as well, but because it doesn't attach until 86%, it takes a fairly significant price drop in order to get there. So I, I look at SCO as just a more economical way of buying up because it is such a great value. As long as the insured understands the county element and the fact that we have to wait on that payment. And then of course the tie into ARC and PLC, all those uh, are considerations, but SCO is definitely a more economical way to buy up on coverage. Okay. But somebody's out there just saying they're, they're about to have their, their fingers in their ears because they're like, I don't want to hear anything more about county options, right? right. They want, they want individual coverage. And so uh, I always say this, like, thank you government for giving us these wonderful subsidized options. Um, we appreciate it, but it's not exactly what we want. Right. So is there any way that we can kind of turn these into something that we actually want? And so that's where we're making a transition here and talking to our plus products, which is basically an individual buy up that matches the ECO or SCO band of coverage. And so the farmer essentially could get the higher of the county loss or their individual loss in that same area. And, and the reason I think this is important, I'm going to paint a little picture here. Let's have a scenario here where I have 500 acres of corn and out of those 500 acres, I have five units and I'm spread out a little bit in the county, but maybe two of those units in this year have below average yields, not severely below average, but say maybe they only did 80% of what I was expecting them to do. But the other three of those units do very well. Subsequently, the county I'm in probably had a pretty average year as well and ended up not triggering a payment for both ECO or SCO. As a farmer, if I bought ECO or SCO, I might be a little disappointed in the fact that I had 40% of my acres that underperformed and yet I'm not getting a payment. Um, and that lends ourselves into the, to the plus products. So High level. What what do you think about that, Ken? Is that a scenario you've seen before on your farm? That oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for example, just this last year, you know, my ground typically I, one crop I like to buy option units on, the next I like to buy enterprises because I have some variability in my in my soil uh, on those two rotations. And so, like for example, twenty twenty four, I'm going to have my corn is going to be on more variable ground. And so having that opportunity where an enterprise would really kind of bite me because I could have more risk for drowned out. Now we're so dry in Minnesota right now. Drowned out sounds like a, a, something <laughs> in the distance that I don't remember that ever happens. But but the reality is it's nice to have some protection to get that section by section coverage. And and to your point, leading into our plus products, ECL plus, SCL plus, all of those then give you that option unit coverage, which is critical. 
um, for for those guys with variable ground like I do, and and it's it, it's a it's a great way to piggyback onto um, getting the greater of payments. So if the county, like you said, Ryan, does trigger a loss, the county will pay the full amount out. But if I individually perform bad and the county doesn't, I'm going to get paid on my individual units, which is another and it's top end. We need to mention that the our plus yeah. products are all optional units only on the top end of either your multi pair with SCO or the 86 to 95 band on the ECO uh, product. Yeah. So just exactly that, a couple quick notes. So if I bought ECO and it's 95 down to 86, I have the opportunity to buy ECO plus for that same band of coverage. And effectively I then have individual coverage from 95 down to 86. And like you said, it's all on optional units. And it doesn't mean we have to have optional units on our underlying plan. It's just that that top end coverage, we're going to get the better of those payments that um, come that are generated because of my individual loss or the county. And so both ECO plus and SCO plus work the exact same. In the case of SCO plus, instead of uh, 95 to 86, now it's say 86 down to 75 or 86 down to 80, but it's the same principle. I'm getting the higher of those two payments in that zone. So um, we definitely have sold quite a bit of these policies in the last couple of years. Um, previous to our Plus products, we sold a lot of Ramp, which is a very similar concept, but it wasn't tied in with these uh, subsidized county options. And so just to give you a flavor of that, last year we sold all of these, we, we call our band products. And I would say we sold about two thirds of uh, acres, our total acres that were buying these products were plus product buyers and about a third of them were ramp buyers. And uh, there's good reasons for, for the growers to have bought both of them. But I think one thing I try to bring up is whenever we attach a private product to a subsidized option, it inherently is going to have more value. Now right. there's some, uh, <clears throat> there's some drawbacks in being able to have to wait on that payment for SCO plus and ECO plus. But at the end of the day, they have really good value because we're piggybacking on top of a subsidized option. So um, I, I like to keep that in mind. Uh, okay. These options, the SCO plus and ECO plus, you can buy them on yield or revenue. And I know this is probably something I've promoted more than you can, but um, ECO plus, I tend to like on yield. Uh, talk to me about how you think about ECO plus and whether you would do it on a yield or revenue basis. Yeah. So to, just for our listeners, just for a refresher that if you have an underlying RP policy, your ECO is going to automatically be an RP policy. Okay. Um, the plus product, we give you the option to have that be a revenue or a yield only uh, option, which are great, which is to what Ryan's talking about is a great feature because on the county standpoint, if we have a big price drop, like we did this last year in corn, 17% down impacts everybody in the county. Individually, I'm more worried about bushels at that point because I've got all the dollars protected. I do like the plus yield component, uh, or component on the ECO side. Get a little more nervous when we get down to the SEO because yep. it's a little harder to trigger the trigger the county, um, and you're better off if if the if you did have a loss, in, you know we have some price drop. You're going to be you're probably going to be happier with an SEO plus revenue, yep, um, versus a yield. But yeah, I agree. There's definitely scenarios. 
I mean, we could come up with a scenario where, hey, it's always going to be better to do ECO plus revenue. It's going to cost you more and mm-hmm. you can save some dollars. So, if, I mean, as budgets are tighter, I mean, as we talked at the start of the podcast here, margins are going to be tighter. We're always looking to save a few dollars. And if we're really more worried, hey, I got to have X amount of bushels, um, I've got dollars protected from my county plan and my underlying multi-parole. I've got for sure bushels protected with the plus yield. So, yeah, I like that scenario as well and the ability to to stretch that that ultimate dollar from uh, for a cost standpoint for a producer. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think ECO plus on yield makes a lot of sense because if we're buying it on revenue, essentially there's some redundancies in what we're doing with ECO and then the plus. On the SCO side, because we take such a significant price drop alone in order to get into that SCO payment, it's good to have both yield and revenue protection on the individual side on on SCO. And I, I think the difference in the premium is a lot more, say, on the ECO side than it is yes. on SCO. So it, it makes some sense to to go with a plus product on SCO on a revenue basis, whereas with ECO, I'm, I'm comfortable doing it on yield only. Um, okay, so how do you can look at all of these and and how do you think you would advise a farmer to navigate these and choose what's right for their operation? Well, one of the things I definitely recommend, and I know we all hate to do it, but get your cash flow. Figure out what your break evens are. You need, I mean, I know it's a painful process. I hate doing it. It's never fun. You get done with harvest and first thing everybody shows up your farm wants to sell you something. So you get all that done and like, okay, now what do I, how much do I have invested already in this crop? So we need to know, especially when you're working with your agent, how much do you need to have to break even? And and unfortunately, there's a lot of a lot of my cohorts out there that uh, don't know that number. So that's where I'd start. Take the time. If you're not doing your own work with your bank or work with farm business management folks, or whatever, come up with what your break even is, because that's what should be the foundation for the next uh, insurance decision. Is okay. What do I have to have? And then how can I how can I accomplish that? Do I want to have $50 an acre profit? Am I fine with just having a break even? Or am I comfortable, let's say, having, I can, I'm going to risk personally $50 an acre uh, that I'm self-insuring. So that is a piece that we always like to promote is, you know, what are you comfortable with? What is your personal situation? Because every one of us is different and make your decisions on the buying based on that foundation is what I, was what I recommend. And we try to try to preach uh, on yearly to, to yeah. agents and to growers. Yeah, so I, I think what you're saying is know your cost of production number. Let's just say on corn for easy numbers, maybe it's a thousand bucks. Maybe yep. that's high for some folks, but a thousand bucks. And I'm comfortable breaking even in my worst case scenario. Right. Yep. And so what I'm hunting for at that point is what is the guarantee of insurance that I can buy that at least at this point is going to guarantee me at least a thousand dollars worth of coverage. Is that fair? Absolutely right. Yeah. To know if you know that, hey, it's a thousand, at least we know where to start. Is that just straight multiple? Do we need to go to ECO? Do we need to go ECO plus? I mean, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But if we don't know that that foundational number, you know, you might as well just buy a cat policy, really. I mean, right. because you're you're kind of going without any any knowing of what my operation needs to make some dollars. So right. I'd like kind to be of- in that position where I didn't need to know what to make money, <laughs> but that's not where I sit today. Right. It's kind of like going to the doctor and the doctor says, what's wrong with you? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the doctor needs to know what your symptoms are before they can help you out. And in this case, the doctor is your crop insurance agent and your crop insurance agent can't make the best 
decision for you in insurance unless they know what your risks are. Yeah. And your risk is that you're putting in more money than you're getting out. And so we need to know what that number is in order to get that the best insurance package put together. Yeah. And it's going to be more critical this coming year. We've coming off some pretty nice high prices where it was almost impossible not to make money. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that, but it was easier to make money without being a true risk manager from a crop insurance side because we had high dollar inputs or I mean, high dollar uh, commodity prices. So please, please, please take the time and figure out what your break-evens are before you start talking to your agents. Okay. Before we get to the ARC PLC stuff here, one thing I actually missed, and it's one of my favorite things, so I can't believe I missed it, but backing up to SEO Plus, one thing that's really unique with SEO Plus is that you have SEO subsidized at such a high level that you could buy an, a, a lower plan of a lower level of insurance, say a 75% level and add SEO and add SEO plus. And in some areas that's going to be cheaper than what 85% is. And as a reminder, when you add SEO and SEO plus, you effectively have 86% individual coverage. And so, um, uh, one of the lines I use with some of the agents I work with, it's like, well, what would you do if you could buy, if you could sell 85% level cheaper than the next agent down the street? And that's really an option that you have with uh, SEO and SEO plus. So just, uh, just a little nugget out there um, for those looking for a hook with one of these private products. Okay. Now that being said, ARC and PLC, those have an impact on whether we can buy SEO. Right. Um, and we are ahead of schedule here. Um, up until about four weeks ago, we weren't even sure if we we're going to have an ARC and PLC program. I think we were pretty sure, but we weren't 100% sure, right. right? And so going to 24, we, we have gotten that program renewed, a part of the continuing resolution that was passed in the month of November. And so we do know we'll have those programs. And uniquely, there has been some updates to those prices. Uh, the first one, the PLC reference prices, again, talking about corn and beans, those have improved. So for the longest time, those were at 370 and 840, right? And there's a mechanism built into the policy uh, or program, I guess is yeah, a better way yeah, to put the, it. Yeah, the 28, 2018 Farm Bill put a provision in there to let us have a chance for those to improve. And right. we've never talked about it before this year, which so it's kind of exciting. Forgot right. they're even there. <laughs> So instead of 370 now, our reference price is now 401 on corn. And instead of 840, it's now 957, I believe, on beans. Those aren't prices that'll make your eyes pop. No. But they do have other impacts. Um, and so just as a high level, because we'll do a more in-depth on this with uh, ARC and PLC later, uh, PLC pays when we fall below those prices with our marketing year average price. And that's like a national cash average of prices. But they also have an impact, the reference prices that is, they have an impact on how we calculate our ARC County price. And our ARC County prices have improved even further. So if I have my numbers right, I think our price for ARC County was 398 going into 2023. And now it's at 485. So right. we've had a big jump. And on beans, I think, I actually think I got my numbers mixed up in here. I think their reference price on beans is 926. But last year, the ARC price for beans was 957. 
And now we're all the way up to 11.12 on beans. So what does that mean, Ken? And as a high level, what does that mean for both our ARC PLC decision and, and how does SCO fit in there? Yeah, so I guess the, the big thing with those reference prices bumping up like Ryan's talked about, in the ARC pricing component, anytime we had a plug price in there, it gets replaced by this new reference price. And that's why we're seeing such a big bump in the ARC price because it still uses that Olympic average, taking out the low and the high and the average the middle three. The big question is, and we've done some we've done some analysis, it's sure looking like that if you're interested in SEO, PLC, for example, it is it's not going to pay. If it does, we've got a lot of hurt going on in farm country if we're paying a PLC price. Your decision when you're looking at these is going to be, I want the SEO product. So it's more of a decision. Do I like SEO compared to ARC? One, SEO is going to have an expense to it. It's not free. County ARC is free. But some of the scenarios, because they're using um, market your average prices, so a year-long cash price versus crop insurance price like we use for SEO. So we'll give you a whole lot deeper dive on that in a future podcast. But the decision is going to be, and analyze it. I mean, the comment I want to make is really analyze it. Don't just make the assumption that, hey, I, I don't want anything to do with PLC because it's not going to trigger. Well, the decision is not PLC versus ARC. It's SCO versus ARC is really what the discussion is. Very, very well put, kid. And right or wrong. And I think that they're all getting better. But in the next coming weeks and months, we're going to hear from Kansas State, Iowa State, Illinois, Purdue. And they're all going to come out and their top ag economists are going to say, buy our county. And they're not wrong. But, and it's a big but, they're not always considering what is given up by not purchasing SCO. And so in in a vacuum, the ARC County PLC decision for corn and beans is a fairly easy one. It is ARC County. But there are other factors at play here in having to give up SCO coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to see, um, especially it'd be really interesting to see what we get for a spring price for crop insurance, because that'll also have an impact on which way the SCO arc analysis is as well. But uh, yeah, 100%, you're 100% right. We're going to know, we're going to hear from all the, the major, you know, the farm docs, et cetera. They're going to be saying county arc's the way to go. And they're not wrong in comparing PLC versus county arc, but don't forget about SEO because there's definitely scenarios out there that uh, that gives you a lot of value because the reality is, as as we'll talk in a future podcast, there's a lot of these County Arc products that probably aren't going to pay either. So Mm -hmm. it's not like the first year 2014 farm bill where the first two years were guaranteed payments. We're not saying that at all. We're excited about these prices coming up, but we're not in a guaranteed payment type of situation at this point. And if we are, things got really bad between the time mm-hmm. we recorded this podcast and uh, that decision's being made. <laughs> but if you're, if you're a real thinker about these things, I'll just kind of run down all the variables that go in this, into this decision. Um, and part of the reason that we're probably not going to do a deep dive on this yet is because one of the biggest pieces is, well, what's our spring insurance price? And we won't know that. And we, we still won't know it in January, but we'll be, we'll be closer. Um, FSA and RMA also use different expected yields. They have Mm -hmm. a different way of coming up with those numbers. And in some areas, we have found significantly different numbers between FSA and RMA. Base acres. Our county is only going to pay on base acres, not planted acres. And so 
it's only paying on 85% of those base acres as well. So not only does it not match up as well with our, our actual risk in that year, but we're giving up some of the payment that we would get through SCO, granted that they would both pay at the same time. Ken mentioned that we use different settling prices, uh, marketing your average versus a, a harvest price. And so there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, don't forget too, Ryan talked about the 85% of base acres. We also have a cap of 10% right. on that, our county payment. So, so it's, so there is other value that we would get through an uncapped, you know, SCO policy. So it's, uh, um, yeah, exciting stuff to come. We're looking forward to that discussion. <laughs> well, now I think you just uh, promised me you're going to be on the next podcast, Ken. Well, hey, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. All right, high level. This is what we, we've uh, learned today, covered today. Um, first things first, we, we are in an environment that margins have become tighter. And so we really try to need to focus on, in on what are our input costs and how many dollars are we guaranteeing ourselves through crop insurance. And if we're not guaranteeing enough to cover our inputs or whatever level of risk tolerance that we have, that's when we need to look to buy up potentially. Um, we can do that through SCO, ECO, um, these plus products, buy back the, the coverage on an individual basis. And then we also have ramp available out there, all in addition to just simply buying up on another level. Um, anything else that you want to add here, Ken? Yeah, no, I think you did a great job of recap. And I know from my side, I mean, one of the things I just want to stress again, because now is the time to do it as we're, as we're closing up the year, put together your break-evens, take the time to build your, build what you have into every acre. Cause that is so critical for the next step in the process to know what our baseline needs are before we even start talking crop insurance coverages um, with, with your agent. So, Well, excellent. Thank you, Ken, so much. And I didn't even mention it, Ken, but Ken got to join me live today. We don't record a whole lot of yeah. podcasts live together, so I'm glad you could be here in the office today. Thank you to everybody who is listening. Look out for our next episodes where we'll dig in deeper to these uh, ARCM PLC programs and then other recaps of crop insurance products as we're looking to make that decision in 2024. So be sure to subscribe to our, our podcast uh, channels on uh, both Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may listen to these. And I think we'll have some uh, YouTube episodes coming up as well. So thank you all very much and uh, have a happy new year. You've been listening to FMH InsureCast. We appreciate you joining us today and would like to hear from you. If you have questions about today's topic or an idea to share for an upcoming podcast, you can contact us at fmhpodcast at fmh.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for information purposes only. See policy provisions, terms, and conditions for details. Products underwritten by Farmers Mutual Hail Insurance Company of Iowa and its affiliates, West Des Moines, Iowa. Farmers Mutual Hail is an equal opportunity provider.